If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter, chapter number three. Book of Second Peter, chapter number three. How easy is it to fool people? How easy is it to trick people? How easy is it to make them believe things that is a hundred percent untrue? In the last couple of years, have you been made to believe anything that is absolutely untrue? How easy is it to convince someone of something? Whenever you begin to think of how easily you're convinced of things, we understand that there are multiple sources that it could come from. If you look on the TV and and you see something, you're a whole lot less likely to believe it than if your mom or your daddy told you. If they said something, you're a whole lot more likely to believe it than if it come off of CNN or whatever. But whenever it comes to absolute truth in the gospel, whenever it comes to remembering things that we've been taught, the devil don't have to completely trick and fool us and tell us things that are lies and tell us things that are false in order to lead us astray. All he's got to do is plant a seed of doubt. All he's got to do is is just make us doubt just a little bit. All he's got to do is is separate us just to, I mean, just a wiggle. I've got a bunch of chickens in a little pen right now. It don't take very much of a hole for them chickens to get out. It don't take very much at all. I got some rabbits in a pen and they're the same way. They look like they're real big and fluffy with all the hair, but it takes a little bit of a hole and they're gone. Growing up, we raised cows and then beef master cows. They didn't like a fence. They didn't like it none. And it took a little bit of open and a little bit of give and a gate. And they were gone. A little bit of doubt in our life can lead us as far away, further than we'll ever want to go. Just a little bit. First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter chapter 3. Peter writes this, and then we're going to read it in verse 1 for a reason. He said, this second epistle below, I now write unto you, in both which to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. It's easy for us to forget things. It's easy for us to not exactly know the, the right answer. I was asked a question last week. We, uh, we implored some of the other men of the church to see what they thought of the situation. A guy asked me a question. He said, was David and Goliath cousins? And the first thing I want to say is No. But then you think about it. Are you sure that David and Goliath was not cousins? Well, yes. If you read your Bible, you, you are sure of that. They come from a different place. They come from different tribes. There was, what, six foot difference in them? David and Goliath wasn't cousins, but, but all it takes is, is a question. All it takes is just a smidge, and then, and then you wonder. Well, is he? Uh, Brother Everett Broom used to use the example all the time. He said, what did Eve eat and doom all mankind? What she eat? Was it an apple? Was it a pear? Was it a peach? And he gave everybody the opportunity to answer. Was it an apple? Was it a pear? Was it a peach? And the Bible says it was a fruit. It could have been anything. It could have been none of those. But if you don't know, if you're not sure, if you are not rooted and grounded in thus saith the Word of God, all it takes is just a little bit to get you to wonder. All it takes is just a little bit 
of change. All it takes is just a smidge. You know how to get someone acclimated to a warmer temperature? A couple of days ago, two days ago, I went and changed thermostat in my house. My wife likes to keep it on between 72 and 70, and that is cold. And then she'll get under four foot of blankets. So what I did is I went in there and I bumped it up to 78 degrees, which is my sweet spot. I turned the ceiling fan on high in her bedroom, and she went two days without noticing that thermostat was changed. And then she caught it. She was sweating. She said, I can't figure out why I'm sweating. Well, she turned the ceiling fan off. So without the air stirring, she, she figured out how she was sweating. But if you want to acclimate someone to a temperature, you don't change it four degrees all of a sudden. You don't change it five. You change it one degree every couple of days. And you'll acclimate them to whatever temperature you want them to be acclimated to. Slowly but surely, your body will adjust and you will change. And that is how the devil sows seeds of doubt in our life. That is how he begins to change and, and not begins. He has already changed Christianity forever. Christianity is no longer what it used to be. To be a Christian is to be Christ-like. And just a couple of weeks ago, a guy that I used to have a little bit of respect for, now I have none, he said, you cannot be a Christian if you're not accepting of all these alternative lifestyles. I said, you're wrong. Absolutely wrong. You can be a Christian and be not accepting. You're supposed to love them. Don't get me wrong, you're supposed to love everybody. I pray for those people who are way out in left field. I pray that God will convict them. I pray that Jesus will save them. But we're not, still, we're not supposed to accept that lifestyle. You can't be a Christian. And, and, and I told the guy, I said, the word Christian is overused to the point that it no longer means to be Christ-like. It's a label that is put on someone who wants that in their biography. Not someone who wants Christ in their life. But they want that label on them as a person. And Peter, he said, I write this unto you to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets. By the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that in the last days scoffers, excuse me, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Now chapter number 2 is all about the appearance of false teachers. And in chapter number 3, and this is a letter, it don't have chapters and verses broken up, this is a letter that, that Peter has written. In chapter number 2, the, the second section of it tells all about false teachers. All about, well, let's go read it. Verse number 1 of chapter number 2. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift, swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil, Spoken of. It don't take but a little bit and, and you no longer recognize it. You, you no longer realize where you went wrong. It takes a little bit of a curve, a little bit of being off, just a wiggle if we don't remember what we are rooted and grounded in. If we don't remember where we are founded, if we don't remember, thus saith the Word of God. If we are not rooted and grounded in this, if I told you this morning, the Bible says, blah, blah, blah. 
Could you take my word for it or do you know what the Bible says? Jesus said to love all people. Did Jesus say that? Did he? Did Jesus say love all people? What do we know about the Bible? What do we remember about the Bible? Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will come and and He will bring all things to our remembrance. Am I right? No, I'm not right. Paul said that. Jesus didn't say that. We have to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And if we don't study, what is the Holy Spirit going to allow us to remember? What is the Holy Spirit going to bring into our memories? If we don't know it in the first place, if we don't read it in the first place, if the only time we touch our Bible is on Sunday mornings, what is the Holy Spirit going to help us remember? It's not going to help us remember whatever other book we read this week. It's not going to remember something we never laid eyes on. Reading and studying the Bible is one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. As a kid, I love to read. As an adult, I like movies. I wait for the movie. I've read all the Harry Potter books. I thought the movies were better. I've read all these other series of books. I read them in college for something to do. And I thought the movies were better. I like movies. They're quicker. They're easier. I have a hard time sitting down and reading. Reading down and studying God's Word is not something that that we do on a whim. But it's something we are commanded to do by practice. It's not something we should do out of habit. It's something we should make a habit of doing. Forgetfulness leads to a dangerous place as a Christian. Forgetfulness leads to wandering. Forgetfulness leads to straying. Forgetfulness leads to us not being in fellowship with God. Forgetfulness leads to us not being in fellowship with one another. There's a lot of churches, there's a lot of people that have been destroyed because they forgot about God. There's a song about the old country church. The steeple so high it reached to the sky. And pride has slipped in where love should have been. What happens whenever pride slips in? Pride don't mean that I'm no longer thinking about God. That's not what pride means. Pride and the word ego goes hand in hand. The word ego, I heard an acronym for it, it made a lot of sense. It's edging God out. And that's what pride does. That's what ego does. It edges God out to the point, not that we don't think about Him, but that we think about Him second. That we think about Him after ourselves. Not that we don't read and study our Bible, but that we don't put Him first. Whenever we begin to allow things like that to to get in our life, that's the spirit of forgetfulness. And I'm more forgetful than, than anybody else I know. I ran into a couple of guys this week one yesterday evening's restaurant, I have no idea who he is. Still don't know who he is. And he knew me. Oh, he knew me. He knew my brothers. He knew my mama. He knew my daddy. He knew my wife. He knew Bailey. I don't know this guy. I have no idea who he is. I ran into the same thing. Nothing but a smoke of pine a couple of months ago when Hunter was on. Uh, a guy walked in. He said, hey, Brad, good to see you. He shook my hand, come up there and hugged me. And I have no idea who that man is. He swore he, he graduated with me, and I went back through the 66 people I graduated with, and I didn't see him. I have no idea who he was. I smooth forgot. How do, you, how do we forget people? How does that happen? I'm terrible with names, but I see most of you at least once a week. 
Which means, Brother Randy, I'm not going to forget your name. I can go through the church right now. Yep, I know everybody. I can go through the church right now and I can, I can name everybody. I know all your names. But we see each other all the time. So if we're going to commune with God, if we're going to remember God, if we're going to focus on God, if we're going to maintain, if we're going to maintain this mind of remembrance, shouldn't we commune with God a little more often? Shouldn't we read and study the Bible just a little more often? Shouldn't we spend a little more time with Him so we don't forget? It's easy to forget, and I I fail every day in in reading the Bible and, and studying the way that I should. But every day God allows us to live. He gives us time to study. It may not seem like He does. He may not seem like He does at all. Does anybody else? Anybody else eat these? Called pistachios. One of my favorite snacks. I love them. Love pistachios. You see the way I bought them? I bought them without the shell on them. You know why? I ain't got time to sit there and crack open pistachios. I got too much to do. I do not have time, so I buy them already roasted, salted, and shelled. That way I just rip this pack open, I dump them in my mouth, and I move on. We don't have time in the day to sit there and and peel or or whatever pistachios, crack pistachios. We have too much going on. And a lot of times we'll say, God, I don't have time today to spend time with you. We've got to be careful with that because God may not give us time tomorrow. We have to be careful saying, God, I don't have time. God, I have other things to do. Whenever Jesus told a story to the man that prepared the supper, and he went and he invited everybody, everybody had a different excuse. Everybody had a reason of why they couldn't read or study or why they couldn't go to church or why they couldn't make Sunday school or why they, they couldn't make it on time or why they couldn't pray and, and why they couldn't read and why they couldn't join together as a family and study God's Word and, and why they couldn't and why they couldn't. And Everybody made an excuse and Jesus said, none of these which have been invited shall taste of this supper. None of them shall receive the blessing of this meal. And if we sit back and, and we say, God, I don't have time, God, I can't, God, I this, God, that, then, then we are saying we are purposely forgetting to put God first. It's a choice. It's not an accident. I forget people's names and faces by accident. It's not on purpose. But whenever we put God second, that's on purpose. That's a choice. That's us choosing baseball and football and fishing and hunting and cooking and sleeping and this and that and the other. That's us choosing all of that before God. So tonight what I want to really encourage you to do is to remember. And I know it's, it's tough, it's hard, it's awful. We play a memory game at school in, in the biology class talking about how the brain works. The brain identifies things to help us remember in, in, in certain ways. And so there, there was flashcards and it'd be a red letters, it would say blue. And the next one would be green letters, it would say yellow. And the next one would be orange letters and it would say red. And they would mix these cards up and they'd point to one of them. And you had to remember what was on the back side that was flipped over. You had to remember what was on that card. And whether you said the color of the letters or what the word said told you which side of the brain you was thinking with. Turns out women are significantly smarter than men whenever it comes to remembering because all the girls in the class passed. All the boys in the class failed, which was generally the way the school year went. But it's all about focusing on what's there. 
Every day in our life, God is here. And He may not be standing beside us in physical form. If we do this, we don't feel Him. But I heard a guy say one time, and it may have been in the movie, I don't remember. But a guy said, put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Put it under your shirt, put your hand on your heart. Do you feel that heart beat? Put your hand on your chest. You breathe in, you feel out, you feel your chest rising, you feel it going up and down. That means God has given you the life of another day to glorify Him. That is the purpose of that life, is to glorify Him. The first thing that we should remember every day is God. He has given us this life. He has given us this opportunity. He has given us this day. And, and I'm the world's worst. I told my kids at school, they said, how many jobs you got? I said, 39. I'm not going to make it to 40. There's not that many hours in a week. But I'm, I'm, I'm at 39. And they just laugh. But if I don't make time for God, it don't matter what I, I, I do in this world. It's all for naught. If I don't make time for God, if I don't remember Him, if I don't put Him first, the first thing I want to encourage us all to remember every day is God. Start your day remembering that He blessed you to wake up. There's a lot of people that didn't. There's a lot of people that go to sleep and, and don't wake up again and, and their life is a grand total of what they did up until that moment. We may leave behind here a lot of things. And we'll never see this world again. But what we do here matters for the future. Not the future in this world, but the future in the world here to come. Let's not forget God. Remember that He put us here. Remember that He has a job for us. Remember that He blessed us to wake up so that we can live and love and glorify Him. Remember to pray. Paul said to pray without ceasing. That means without stopping. Talk to God. I know we, we talked this morning and, and whenever things get tough in my life, I look for somebody to ask advice from. There's nobody better than God. When things get hard, when things get tough, God can give you peace of mind that nobody else can give you. Last week, I thought I lost my mind. For several hours, I, I thought I was gone, done. I thought my mind had left me completely. I was completely and totally losing my mind. And God gave me peace to function throughout the rest of that day. God can give us peace whenever nothing else in this world can. God can give us comfort whenever nothing else in this world can. But we've got to ask Him for it. We do that through prayer. third way to remember is in giving back to God. But Ed made a statement in Sunday school this morning that these kids aren't ours. God lets us raise them. God lets us be a part of their life. God gives them to us as a blessing, and He does a tremendous blessing. And what we pour into them is how much we remember God. What we pour into them is how much we value God. Whenever it comes to giving, we're given of our time, we're given of our thoughts, we're given of our efforts, we're given of our priorities, we're given of our things. Are we giving it back to God? It's already His. We may say, hey, I work for my money. Well, who allowed you to work? Who allowed you to have the job? Who allowed you to have the health and strength to get up and go? Who allowed you to, the intelligence that you have to, to do this? We're giving it back to God. Immediately following Paul saying, pray without ceasing. He says two words and the verses always amaze me. He says, rejoice evermore. And the last thing that I want us to remember is, is the absolute 
joy that comes with serving God. It may not always show itself in, in the way that some people view and imagine joy. How do you imagine joy? Whenever you think of the word joy, what, what, what comes in your mind? What happens? Is it, is it bells and whistles? Is it a party? Is it fireworks? One of the most joyous moments of my life was when Bailey was born and that was not fireworks. That was not fireworks at all. But it was immense joy in that moment. Whenever I got saved, the church lights didn't blink. But there was overwhelming joy in that moment. Whenever we begin to praise and to worship God, and, and sometimes songs and can speak to you as much as, uh, as much as anything. And in that moment, you, you, you may not have an outward expression of joy. But that don't mean that we can't rejoice. And remember why we have a reason to rejoice. God has blessed us even in, even in trouble. God has blessed us beyond what we deserve. Beyond what we could even imagine. God has, has taken care of us. God has put us here. God has given us a church family. God has given us a community. God has given us a family. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in that God that we remember. One more time, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken, that you may be mindful of what God has left for us, His complete and living Word. That you may be mindful of what God has done for you. That you may be mindful of the joy that God can instill in you. That you may be mindful of the peace of the comfort. That you may be mindful of that God in whom we live, move, and have our being. And I hope and pray this evening that each and every one of us can, can remember Him. That we can remember God. That we can remember prayer. That we can remember to give back to Him. And that we can remember that even, even when things get crazy, even when things get absolutely insane, even when things get weird, even when we don't understand it, we still have a reason to rejoice. We still have a God that gives us joy. We still have a reason. We still have a commission. And Paul said to rejoice evermore. Well, we have a verse for song. I ask for a verse of invitation if someone will have something on their heart. I invite you to come at this time.